Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Another names, Trade Addicts Pod Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem I am Rocky Bachella, and I also have a trading problem. My name is Memphis Young, and I have a trading problem tonight. Just tonight. Just tonight. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 298 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. Ah. You weren't paying attention for a second, Rocky, but we just did it anyway. Oh, it is, it's that time. There's... It is speculation season. It is the non-point scoring season. It is almost rookie season. It is Black Monday season. It is it you know what? Before we get into the seasons, because again, I always get so excited to start talking. Memphis, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Well, uh my name's Randy Young. I go by Memphis at DWZ Memphis if you're on X. Um I host the Dynasty Warzone. I have for going on six years now with my co-host Jerry. We are simulcast on the Player Profiler Network, as long as as well as our own network, the Dynasty Warzone Network, if you will. And uh, I, I have a dynasty problem. My my trading problem. Uh, I, I don't want to say I've re. I, 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 but you will say we're in Trade Addict Seven together. Yep. I, I make a fair amount of trades. I oh, think absolutely. I'm right up there with with, with the most active and. Uh, I, I, I send more that, that then go through. Obviously, you don't see the ones that don't go through, but I'm oh, always I trying to keep it actually. So I'm oh, okay. Yeah. You have I'm that, uh, creeping on everyone's offers. Yeah. Hey, I, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> no, that would be weird. Um, by the way, Memphis and Jerry, fantastic fantasy football people, fantastic podcast, fantastic human beings. If you don't, absorb their content you should go do it consume that was the word i was going for but for some reason absorb came out it worked it was fine i could have left it alone and it would have been fine but i'm still talking about it i don't know why okay so let let's move on to all of the things that uh, you know i was alluding to before we're going to talk about some news and again as human beings you never really celebrate someone losing their job of course Sure Arthur Smith is going to be fine. <laughs> you, you do three seconds of research knowing, uh, you know, the giant comfortable pillow he's going to land on. You could be a little excited that Arthur Smith is no longer the coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I think the entire fantasy community is excited. Arthur Smith is no longer going to be the coach of the Falcons. What a sigh of relief. Well, for now, for now, we we have no clue what kind of maniac Arthur uh, blank could could throw in there. 
It can't so, be as bad can as it worse? was. Can it get worse? <laughs> exactly. I mean, what if he hires Matt Nagy? I'm not saying he's going to. But but there are there are a lot of, of bad options. And like we're gonna talk about the ones that we know that are open, but Schefter initially reported there may be as many as eight to nine openings. And I, I ask, you know, my friends, I'm like, are there eight or nine good candidates to fill fill these jobs? Where are they coming from? Well, I mean, we are seeing Vrabel, uh, which isn't on the sheet, by the way. The, the Titans and Vrabel, uh, the first like two tweets I saw made it seem like it was mutual. And then it slowly turned into the Titans let him go. I mean, that dude's going to be unemployed for about 30 seconds. And as soon as he can get hired, he will, I'm sure. But, like, you know, he, like, and the enemies, like, the enemy needs to be a coach somewhere. Like, I think there's going to be enough young OCs and DCs. And I love the amount of linebackers that we grew up watching that are coaches now. Uh, grew up is a strong word because, I mean, Vrabel was in the 2000s, right? But like Vrabel and uh, Demico Ryans and Antonio Pierce and like all of these guys, it, it's just a lot of fun. But the thing is like, just because they're linebackers, that doesn't mean their teams have bad offense. Like, you know, it seems like these guys at least let the people on offense run their offense. Like, I'm not like, it's hard to believe it can't get worse because you have to figure the first question when someone walks into that room to coach the Atlanta Falcons is, what will you do with Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts? Show me. Yes. Like that, that has to be like it. I I, I want to know what they do at the quarterback position because I know dynasty and fantasy analysts want to see Kyle Pitts more involved. But if you go look at the number of targets that he had compared to the number of targets that Cole Komet had, they're virtually the same. Except Cole Komet's quality of targets allowed there him to go. be the tight end six. So yep. it's great that we can get these guys more volume, but if it's more bad volume, we're not going to get the, the traction we want. I would love to see them go after a Kirk Cousins. I know everybody yep. wants Justin Fields, but if you really want fantasy points for Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitch, you want Kirk Cousins. Oh, that would be beautiful. Like, yeah. honestly, like, we, and, and to me, that's a beautiful move because it's like, of course, after the injury, it's a bit of a bad phrase to say, but it's like the definition of stability. Like Cousins is a good quarterback, a good thrower of the ball. It's not someone who depends on mobility. And when you're coming off of what you're coming off of, like usually you don't want to overcorrect and go like hire some 17-year-old offensive coordinator who's coming off a good year, a rookie QB that, you know, that, is flash in the pan, but isn't very accurate. Like that's not really to me the right move. It's, I mean, well, not, I almost said something that could be taken too literally, but like, cause the commanders fired Ron Rivera. So it's like, go get Ron Rivera, stabilize your team. Like Rivera was perfect for what they needed. They've just moved past him, I think. And I, it was time for him to go like, and he can, if he wants to, cause again, another dude that's been coaching forever, like, could, if he wants to, he could probably walk into another coaching job, and I don't think any team is worse off for having him. Oh man, Frank saying all you need is London Fletcher and you complete the set. <laughs> that is a great pull, great and, name. And with Kirk Cousins, we've seen he can support multiple receivers, a tight yeah. end. Uh, Dalvin Cook had multiple great years with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I would love Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would love it. 
and we were talking before we started actually talking the show that, you know, Russell Wilson's going to be somewhere new. And I mean, unfortunately, hold on. I have Tankathon pulled up. I mean, Atlanta finished at eight. They're probably not getting a quarterback at eight, like, or at least they shouldn't. Uh, like, I'm assuming because at that least... feels too early for for Penix because yes, because I was looking at Tankathon as well, and the first three are all quarterbacks. They they've got Williams, May, Daniels, and then they have Penix going to the Vikings. Speaking of Kirk Cousins, so yeah. um, free agent quarterbacks on the market. Um, you can tell me any of these guys you want in Hotlanta. Use Cousins, Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz. I really think Baker stays. Um, I but think he does I too. was going to say, even if it was someone like Baker, that's still such an upgrade such over Jason Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like, Tannehill would be an upgrade. Or, I or like, or like Russell Wilson, even later day Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson had a good year this year. Yeah. Russell Wilson with the right offensive coordinator and the right offense, like when he was with Shane Waldron and, and some of those guys in Seattle, if you get the right OC with those kind of receivers, maybe add another speedier guy, I guess. Um, that could Bob be a really good one. You know, it's fine. Yeah. And it's but a good like, receiver also, Don't class. forget, like running backs have also done really well behind Russell Wilson. So like, again, that, that would be another great fit. Um, okay. So we talked about Arthur Smith. We're probably going to talk about him more. I'm sure there's got to be a question about it. Um, the commanders fire Ron Rivera. Um, as a reminder, the Raiders chargers and Panthers are already open. Um, the jets will try to trade Zach Wilson this off season from Rappaport. Joe Douglas also said they will pursue a veteran backup for Aaron Rodgers. Good luck trading Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, you'd be lucky to get a bag of balls. Like here's one of those white uh, perforated laundry bags full of footballs used. I I just say literally any like below replacement level quarterback has been better than Zach Wilson in the Jets' offense. You you know, but but we were talking too before we we went live. It's there's enough hubris in the NFL. There's enough arrogance in the NFL that there's going to be. And and we were we were referring to Sean Payton because we were curious about who he's going to replace, you know, Russell Wilson with in Denver. It's like there's a, there's going to be a, a, an OC or a head coach out there somewhere that says we can fix Zach Wilson. He never got a fair shake, and you know, at this point, it's like everybody's always trying to find the next Josh Allen that raw toolsy quarterback that just blows up and is like a dynasty, like cornerstone, you know, now everybody's looking for the next Geno Smith. Hey, who's the guy that was an absolute bust that we can go out and get two or three good fantasy seasons out of. And and so we're always going to give these guys another shot. I'll tell you right now, if, if, if uh, Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz winds up in Denver, I'm going to be like Al Pacino and Godfather three. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Yeah, there's there's gonna be the cheap QB two parade if if they end up in, in starting positions. It'll be fun to watch. I will have no part of that. <laughs> uh, happy news: Puka Nakua broke the rookie record for yards and catches. Is he a top twelve dynasty wide receiver? For me, he was just outside the top twelve. I just did my top twelve last week. He's in that next group, that 13 to 16 for me. I couldn't, as good as he's been, 
I couldn't put him ahead of Michael Pittman Jr. And I'll tell you, a guy that I moved up is DJ Moore. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys would agree that AJ Brown is the wide receiver three to five, depending on where you get your dynasty rankings. Yeah. The age difference between AJ Brown and DJ Moore is 77 days. So why do we tell me that DJ Moore is still 24 years old and I'll believe you. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's 26. They're they're, they're literally 70. I I did the math for our show last week and I I said, I was like, why are we not having DJ Moore higher? And I was like, I'll be honest. I never lived up to what he, what we wanted him to be when he was drafted. And, but he's, he's just been so solid. And I was like, I don't, I don't think the bears will keep Justin Fields, but if they do, I'm probably going to have him in my top eight to ten, because if you tell me I I can have 26 soon to be 27 year old DJ Moore with his age 27, 28, 29, and maybe even 30 season, I can figure out a long term replacement. Give me three years of excellence yeah. with DJ Moore over say a Chris Olave or a Michael Pittman or a Brandon Ayuk. And I'm I'm wondering too if people realize DJ Moore had. Finally, I think had a wide receiver one season this year. I was just looking right. at his. 10th I mean, I didn't realize that, but I also haven't even really looked. But I also did know he had a good points. season. Yeah, tenth in points per game, slightly higher actually in total points. And yeah, we've always been uh, upset he never got that wide, and, and he's not, you know, wide receiver two like we hope, maybe hoped back at his rookie season, second year. But uh, he finally hit that wide. We've always complained he was always a mid to low end two. He actually was a low end one this year. So championship week, I had Jalen Waddle on the team and I just, I wanted to win. So I offered Waddle straight up for Puka Nakua and it got rejected saying that this person preferred Puka straight up. It's it's fair there. I mean, th- there isn't, I mean, there's a nice gap in like, like 13 through like 18 wide receivers. I mean, guys like Puka, guys like, um, uh, DK Metcalf, Nico Collins has crept up there for me. Uh, I have, I've, I've always, I've always been lower on T Higgins and I see his name right over your shoulder than most, but he's, he's about ready to, to jump up. I don't think the Bengals can afford to franchise tag him or sign him long term. And so he's going to go somewhere. So that, that, that will change his value. But you get into that 13 through 18, there's a ton of value right there. It's like if I was doing a startup today and I had like in a one QB, and like that 110, 111 range, I'm probably double tapping wide receiver right there. And I'm going to go out and try to find, you know, the next Kyron Williams or Rashad White type player because there's so much stability and, and points to be had at the wide receiver position right now. Yeah, Frank brings up the one thing that I don't know. And like three quarters of the way through the season, I've, I was sitting here saying that the Texans have a nice, you know, cap situation. And they're in that place where they have their quarterback. They're going to need a running back, but like they're going to want more weapons. And it felt like Nico Collins was more easily replaced than, and Tank Dell was the real deal. But after the past couple of games, I don't know. Because like I said, the Texans have a lot of cap space. T Higgins is going to walk onto a team and be their wide receiver one. And that would just make me very happy if it was that team. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, after what Nico did the past couple of games, I'm a little less worried about it. But I do think that's going to be in a lot of people's minds about Nico being replaced. I mean, if you don't think he will, then it's absolutely, you know, buying season on him. 
Yeah, you're buying them. I mean, kind of like Puka. You know, we remember the great year Chris Godwin had. And we thought that was going to last forever. And Chris Godwin's been a fine wide receiver, two, three. He's battled some injuries. But the the elder veteran, Mike Evans, is can, continues to produce. And I know Cooper Cup was banged up again this year. But Cooper Cup's still going to have a prominent role in that offense. Yeah. So is, is it a Godwin's-Evan type thing? That, that was kind of some of my rationale of not keeping, quote-unquote, keeping Puka down. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just I, – I don't want to buy these guys at the top of their market. I'll take – the more consistent DJ Moore types just a little bit ahead because I may not get the super highs, but then again, I may because DJ Moore had a couple of monster games this year, but yeah, those are guys you got to keep on the radar. What I would prefer to do is either hang on to Nico Collins or I'm trying to find next year's Nico Collins. Who's the guy who's been in the league for a year or two. That's, you know, whose situation could change and we could profit off of. And, and with Nico, what, I don't see why the Texans would be making wide receiver priority. Are we forgetting they also have Tank Dell? Like they have Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Why would you be priority? Like, yes, could I they bring they in another wide injured. receiver? Yes, but they have the ability to bring in someone better. But why? Why do they, do they even have a first round pick? No. Yes, they have the twenty seven. I just looked. They have the twenty. They have they have Cleveland's pick. Oh yeah, they have Cleveland's pick at twenty seven. They have Cleveland's pick and traded their pick to. Arizona in the Will Anderson deal. I mean, could they draft a day two guy? Maybe I don't see why you'd be using a first round pick on wide receiver. When, when I mean, there, this is, guys this is shown. one of the drafts to be able to get a very good wide receiver in round two yeah. anyway. And I think with a defensive head coach, they're going to continue to, but I could see offensive line. I could see wanting to help the young quarterback. So there, there is a possibility. I'm looking at the, at the veteran free agent market and uh, it's it's pretty loaded. I mean, you got Michael Pittman is a pending free agent. You've got your boy T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley, uh, and then you got Mike Evans. So those would be the big three: Higgins, Pittman, Mike Evans. I I think maybe maybe Mike Evans and Nico Collins do too much of the same thing. Kind of. Yeah, that would be a little weird. Yeah, I'm. I, I think the bigger concern is maybe trading for somebody. Like I would love to get my man Terry McLaren the hell out of Washington. Ugh, please and thank you. Please. Well, but he may get quarterback. Like if, they, like if they promote the enemy and draft the young quarterback, they might not be bad. Like I I'm like I want to be optimistic, but it's the Manders, so it's tough to be positive. <laughs> well, I think and, and they're gonna draft a quarterback. Currently they're projected to draft Drake May. And maybe they go Jaden Daniels, but there's going to be a new quarterback there. Yeah. So Which makes me sad. I like Sam Howell. I, I do too. Um, I think I heard about Sam Howell, and it's actually, I heard the same thing about Jalen Hurts over the last few games is that their eye level is coming down, that they've been getting so beat up lately that they, they just eventually you stop looking for the, the push the ball down the field. But I hope Howell gets another season. I just don't think he will. Not here, at least. Like maybe so, yeah. in, in a year or two, he ends up somewhere else. Sam Howell to Atlanta. There it is. There you go. Uh, but I mean, don't forget, he was what like a fifth round pick. So you know, he's yeah. not a lot and of got, money. So yeah. he can be before, cut or moved pretty easily. Uh, before he was even drafted, I I caught I you know I, when I do watch guys, and he was one of the guys I watched. I I made a little note that like I I think of him. I thought he was a career backup. And I think he totally proved that this year. He's good enough. He can come in and win you a couple games. And bad enough, you do not want him starting your entire season. He's Gardner Minshew <laughs> with less swag. 
Yes. Exactly. exactly. All those mid-level guys, <laughs> Minshew just has that personality. But that's okay. You can you can go back up. You can go hold a clipboard for Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy. You can make four or five or seven million bucks a year, live in a cool city, okay. have a great life. It's a good life for a man named Sam Howell. Backup quarterbacks, like one of the best jobs in the world. Yeah. What was that? What uh, I forgot. It was Luke McCown, right? Who just like was a backup for fifteen years in the league and just him and Chase ended up Daniels doing, like, Verizon commercials as a backup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was an eagle at one point too. Backup, yes. <laughs> All right. So the last thing we have written down is AJ Brown and Sam Laporta both avoided major knee injuries despite looking bad at the time. Though I have no idea what their actual injuries are or how long they'll be out. I haven't heard. If you're going to ask, I haven't heard anything on AJ Brown yet either. So I was hoping <laughs> he he no. I yeah. I, I I was relying on Rocky on that one. He's got the eagle shirt on. I just know yeah. Laporta has a hyperextension. And has a quote unquote outside chance to play this weekend. Uh, they're going to rush him back for the playoffs, and it's going to ruin things. But I guess at least it's the end of the season, so he'll just be able to just rest until. As long season. as it's not an ACL or an you know yeah. a, a complete tear or something, then um, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we only have three trades because I mean the championship just happened. So let's go through those because we have a decent amount of listener questions. Uh, so trade addicts leagues are 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage, except for TA one in TA two. So someone traded the one Oh six for T Higgins. And I was sad that I didn't get T Higgins. I mean, that's that's right there. This is the second league this week. I didn't get T Higgins and I saw him go to another team. Because it's it's a super flex league, and you're going to have three quarterbacks. You're going to have, again, Daniels, May, and Williams. You have the big three wide receivers. You've got Neighbors, um, Harrison Jr., and Adunze. So T. Higgins is right there. I, th- I think that's fair. If you would rather have the veteran and the person who gave up the 106 is probably gambling on him winding up in a better spot. Yep. Uh, because if he doesn't, if for some reason T. Higgins gets franchised or resigns in Cincinnati, then the one hundred and six is the clear winner. But if you're, yeah, but, like, but, I'm not like with a healthy Joe Burrow. Like, I'm not sad about him staying in Cincinnati. But I agree with you. This really comes down to like Adunze or Bowers or whoever we're about to talk about. Like, like that wide receiver right there. Like, and and that place, I me with my one hundred percent personal bias. You know, give me T. Higgins there. Um, Maybe that changes once, like, I, you know, start watching and seeing a lot of rookie stuff, and maybe I fall in love with a wide receiver or two. Well, clearly, you know, not counting Harrison Jr. and neighbors because they're not, they're no secret. Like, they're, they're that good. Um, but yeah, this is fair. This, to me, this is absolutely fair. And if that's the case, give me Higgins. I, I agree with both of you. That's exactly like what Memphis said and what you said. It's, it's right there, value-wise. And I'm with you. I, I want the guy I know when I'm getting out of him. Yes, could 106 be better than T. Higgins? Yes. Could 106 be Laquan Treadwell? Also, yes. So, uh, who was actually like a 101 in a lot of years. So, uh, I'll take the guy I know what I'm getting from. It might only be high-end wide receiver two production, something like that. But uh, and, and I definitely think there's upside for more if he goes elsewhere. So uh, I'll take Higgins over the pick. If Higgins is a chief, he's wide receiver blank. 
Man, I don't even know if that's nine, a thing anymore. Nine? Yeah. He's right there. He's right right there. Eight, nine. I mean, Probably he would be in that, that. He'd be in that Alave, Garrett Wilson, in that type of a range. I'll, I'll he's going to have some competition from Rice, though. Rice, Rice is looking good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about going to the Chiefs is that those two guys kind of do a, a, a similar thing. Um, yeah. obviously Arizona is the projected spot for Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. but they've got $52 million in salary cap. That could be a, a, a decent spot. The new England Patriots potentially with a new quarterback and Jaden Daniels and a new head coach and new everything. They uh, have 75 million. And then the Tennessee, be good with that. <laughs> and then the, and then the Tennessee Titans, he could be catching balls from Will Levis. You, you just don't know. Uh, Carolina Panthers, they're 13th. That's the one I want. Car- Carolina Panthers have, have got a ton of cap space. So, uh, the New York Giants with Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball, there's another possibility. I would get to so, go CT Higgins play. Well, I'd rather he go to the Jets. They're cheaper, but and, you know, and they're in cap hell and, but they could clearly use him, the LA Chargers. Yes. They are they are currently thirty five million over the cap, um, so they have some some spending issues to take care of. But there's some spots he could land. I mean, Calvin Ridley's a free agent. What if they end up making him the the key piece in Jacksonville, along with Kirk and Evan Ingram? That'd be a well, pretty you have solid. To bring piece back Ridley. And now, Ridley Ridley's going to be gone. I think. I don't, I don't, that, just we'll because see. they're my two favorite wide receivers, and I would just love. Oh, them. Okay, okay, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm clearly higher. Like they don't really need to be on the same team, but like that would just make me happy. Okay, gotcha. All right, so let's move on to trade addict six: AJ Brown for Jordan Addison and the two hundred five. I mean, this is AJ Brown by a sizable bit. I mean, two hundred five is going to be a nice pick this year. Probably, uh, th- that's the range. From what early research I've done, that'll probably be like like that running back range that you'd be looking to pick up a that second round running back. Yeah. But Jordan Addison's, I mean, he's never going to be the one in his own offense. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Plenty of teams where the number two can still be a top twenty wide receiver pretty easily. Th- th- this is and true, not but, because the one goes out. <laughs> and, and and we but we see AJ Brown out there. I don't know. It, I mean, I agree I, with I, you. I'm, I'm not like arguing. Like, right. No, like, no. I just Brown. Like, I remember. You know, it's one of those things where you talk to people and then you forget that they're in that league with you. Um, this was J. Mike who made the trade, and J. Mike put it in a group chat where I was in, and I'm like, "Oh, AJ Brown for sure." And he's, and then I'm like, "Wait, the situation sounds familiar." <laughs> and then I go and I look. It's TA six. I'm like, "No, yeah, you should absolutely still do that." Um, yeah, to me, this is AJ Brown. I, we both look because the reason he was hesitant is because he loves Jordan Addison, and and I do too. He's very, very, very good. But like, it's AJ Brown. You just go get AJ Brown. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm totally. This is I saw this come through, and I did. It's it's way light for me. I know AJ Brown tailed off a bit towards the end of the year, but AJ Brown is a stud. We hope Jordan Addison is a stud, but he's not anywhere close yet to to what AJ Brown has done. And last trade we have is Russell Wilson for Najee Harris. I saw this go through, and I'm just like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> it was kind Why? of my reaction. What? Those, that that really is a trade addict trade. You're just like you're just trading to trade at that point. You're just trading sadness for pain. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it, 
it, it sounds like it probably met the needs of a couple of uh, teams. Like some team probably needed a little running back help. Other team probably had three or four quarterbacks. Russell Wilson for Najee. Let's just get a deal done. Yeah, right. Like it really just. I, 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 mean, I will wrong. Like I like the idea of going and get Russell Wilson right now. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, because Russell Wilson kind of like this the, the same thing as T Higgins. You know, he's going to be starting somewhere. Yep. And the range of outcomes can be, oh my god, that's terrible. To oh my god, that's intriguing. If he goes to Atlanta, that's intriguing. If he goes to New England, it's like, oh my god, that's terrible. So there's such a range of outcomes, but if you're just wanting like that QB three and Russell Wilson, in spite of not playing three full games this year, finished as the QB 14. So he was a high end QB two last year for those of us that play Superflex. Uh, Najee kind of had a better back half of the season once Mason Rudolph came in. I don't know. Like I said, um, I don't know. It's, it, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, like value what? No, no. I mean, like it's Russell Wilson. It, it, like in a super flex league, because it's Russell Wilson. But like, I, I like Najee Harris. Like, I still think he can walk in and be a workhorse. Of course, Warren showed enough that he's not going off the field. But I still believe it, in Najee Harris being that good. Najee so, Harris, RB two, RB three overall the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, see, fun stuff like that. Like, I, I firmly believe that Najee Harris is good. And if you also are that into Harris and just don't care about Russell Wilson, sure. It's one of those, like, okay, whatever. Sure. Yeah, I to me, it's easily Wilson. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think nobody wants Najee. I know that, you know, small sample size, RB3, all that. But nobody's really all that interested in Najee Harris at this point. And, and no one's that interested in Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson at least is – is giving you quarterback points and giving you uh, a starter at a uh, a scarce position. So Russell Wilson easily. All right, so let's move on to listener questions. The first one, Tacit Assassin 13 with the most Zach question ever. ROI, Roy means king in French. The French are famous, famous for their culinary prowess. Which player gets your Michelin star at each position? Top dynasty QB, RB, wide receiver, and tight ends, and what foods would each be? You had to go. You have to go on a journey whenever Zach talks. Yeah, yeah. That that um, uh, I don't know the food comparison. I know my QB one is, is Josh Allen. He's been the QB one three of the last four years. Been the QB, been a, a QB. He's been top six at the position five years in a row, and I don't see him slowing down. Responsible for like forty three or forty four touchdowns this year. Um, he gets my gold star for dynasty for fantasy. Um, he's Wyoming, a big steak. He's a big, beautiful bone in tomahawk steak. How about that? Love it. G- give, give that for Zach. Um, my top running back is, is, uh, going to be a little fancy for some. Uh, but I think he's just scratching the surface and it was between him and B. John Robinson, but I really like Jameer Gibbs. And I really like Jameer Gibbs in that offense in Detroit. Um, he's, 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 um, he's, uh, caviar. Ooh. He, he's an acquired taste. Not everybody's going to have him as the 101, but, but he is up there. Um, CD Lamb. CD Lamb is my wide receiver one. Uh, he's in, obviously, this is going to be the, Borea to tears take throughout the offseason. 
We've got him and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in a tier, which is true, but someone's got to be number one. And for me, it's C.D. Lamb because he has Dak Prescott, and Jamar Chase is number two just because he's had a few injuries. He had a hip here. He had a, a shoulder there. Uh, but C.D.'s been constantly healthy. Um, man, I don't know. He um, – man, I don't know. I already, already, already used steak. I don't eat. I don't have a uh, a well rounded palate. Um, <laughs> yeah, just everything's going to be chicken fingers and fries. For yeah, yeah, it's 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 a, a carnivore month. Uh, he he's a nice New York strip. And then my tight end one, uh, I'm fine if you have Laporta, if 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 that's your guy. Um, but I kind of a little worried about like I got the knee and can he do this for a long term? I still like Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 he's my one, but it's it's a super close bunch. And as far as a food, I don't know. He's last. He's dessert. He is a, a nice uh, bananas Foster. Ooh, great choice. <laughs> yes. I, I I don't know. I can't do food takes, so I I, I can just name who would be my top guys. Go for but it. Uh, I, I agree mostly uh, with a lot of what um, Memphis said. Jo- I think it's got to be Josh Allen at one. Uh, especially given Mahomes down year, um, Hurts down year. So uh, Mahomes at one, I mean, uh, Allen at one at quarterback. Uh, running back, I still am going to put Bijan there, even though I know Gibbs had the better season. I, I still love Bijan's talent. With Arthur Smith getting fired, I have the hope. So uh, he, he may prove this wrong uh, next season, even with a new coach, that he shouldn't be at one. But that's where I'm going to put him. Uh, Wide receiver one is still Justin Jefferson for me. I know he had he was hurt a lot this year, but I, the dude had I, I think he had a thousand yards or almost a thousand yards, even though he missed half the season or something like that. Um, or, or no, I think he had a hundred yards in every game or something like that. He was He's still ridiculously productive <laughs> even with the, the time he missed. Um, and he he hadn't been a, having had major injury issues before this year. Uh, and I, I for me, Ceedee Lamb would be two over over Chase. Um, I, I know it's been like Jefferson Chase since they both came in the league, pretty much. But I, I would have Lamb over Chase. And- uh, Rocky, your, your your Justin Jefferson stats were close. You had both. He averaged a hundred yards. He played ten games, had a thousand seventy four yards. Yeah. So he averaged a hundred yards a game in ten games over a thousand. See, that's yeah. that's Rocky to a T. He knows what he's talking about, but he's like nine tenths the way there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's me. <laughs> And then he's, I, he's I, a Rubik's cube with one <laughs> yellow square on yes. the red. <laughs> exactly, perfect analogy. Um, and I would have Laporte at one at this point. Uh, he's just—I I know the knee, but uh, it's not an ACL. So I mean, uh, he—I think I believe if like they were to make the Super Bowl or something, I think he'd be back. Is what they're you know? I think it's a multi, possibly a multi-week injury, but not like uh, season-ending. So. Um, See, yeah, I'm not too worried about the injury. Uh, he produced ridiculously well for a, a rookie tight end. And the age, um, Andrews is up there, but, I mean, he is going to be, what, 29 next season, I think? Yeah, he's and, Yeah, and Kelsey is obviously showing signs of decline uh, and is super old. Uh, Hawkinson is the only one that's close for me, uh, but he now has the, the even more major injury. Um but I, I loved what we saw out of Hawkinson this year. I've been hoping for this season for, for since he came into the league, I've loved TJ Hawkinson and we finally yeah. got it. And then that had to happen because we can't have nice things. 
can't have nice things. <laughs> 2023 is definitely a year of can't have nice things. Uh, so I'm going to make it a sweep where Josh Allen is my QB one to me. He's tacos where I mean, tacos are just great. And the thing is they're great in many aspects. And just like Justin, Justin, Josh Allen could get you fantasy points in many aspects. You can go hard shell. You can go soft shell. You can go almost any kind of meat, any kind of veggie and sauce. There's so much you can do. And Josh Allen can throw, run, anything you need him to do to get you points. I like. I'm there. He's still a QB one. RB one. I'm gonna stick with Bijan, even though I don't even know, man. Like, I still just want to say Christian McCaffrey. Like, throw age to the wind. One of those things. Like, Christian McCaffrey is gonna be the one until he decides not to be. Um, but I'm gonna say Bijan. And to me, it's like a, a restaurant that came so highly regarded that you went to and it's like it was pretty good it wasn't great i think i need to go again i need to try this again because you know what it can be but it wasn't there just yet and frank saying no love for Brees. if he wasn't a jet he would probably be my one <laughs> like that's <laughs> if he didn't have the knee he would be my one if he i mean you you, you can't take back acls he still played very well coming off of it and not to say that he won't have a great career, but if I have to t- choose a guy who's who I think those guys are in that equally as talented tier, I'll just take the guy with no ACL history. That's the yeah. lean. That doesn't even bother me. It's literally just like I can see four games of him with Aaron Rodgers and that offense doing well and in season I'll change. But like right now, I'm just going to stick with Bijan because – the ceiling is like the the roof is open for him to go through the ceiling, but like with Brees, like there's a fan on top. Like we're talking like Willy Wonka bubbles, and you know, you know, not the glass elevator, but the the one you know, the fizzy fizzy, fizzy lifting drink, fizzy lifting drink. I was I kept going to say fizzy bubbling drink, and that's wrong because <laughs> I'm thinking of Zohan and fizzy bubble. Um, wide receiver, I'm sticking with Justin Jefferson. Like Justin Jefferson is like he's like pizza. He's just good. There's, there's, there's no bad. There's just, it's good. Uh, tight end. I'm like, I don't know because my default is again, just to say Travis Kelsey until he doesn't want to be, but he might not want to be anymore. Like he's pulled down from a couple of contested catches. Like maybe he's done. Maybe he is retiring. I'm going to be so sad if he does, but like, if it's not Kelsey, I think it's going to be Hawkinson (sighs) again. I'm not, I'm not, if Hawkinson just said, I'm going to play week one, I'll be like, okay, I believe you. I'm done thinking that injuries take a certain amount of time because these people aren't human anymore. So I'm willing to say, sure, that's fine. Go for it. Um, And I don't really know, I don't have a good uh, analogy for that. And I asked people what, what was their goal for the non-point scoring season? And Zach says, my non-point scoring season goal is to watch rookies so I can tell Russ who's good. Yes, please, hurry up. I need to know what's going on. People keep going on, uh, like, asking rookie questions, and I don't know anything yet, Zach. So get the hootenanny going. Next question, at Dynasty Beach Boy. I should have taken a sip of water before I started the question. Nope. Kenny asks, non-point scoring season goal is to make my teams better through trading instead of the rookie draft. In some leagues, I have traded for firsts and already traded them away. There's nothing wrong with that, that you're making your team better. 
Although he's saying that was his goal. What I like doing is, especially in teams where I'm rebuilding, I like trading and getting like four or five firsts. Trade half away, draft half of them. Like you still get the pleasure of making multiple first round picks, but you still trade them away to get stuff that you know is good. Like, you know, go get T Higgins instead of the risk on the wide receiver. Yeah. And I, and I'm in uh, a league where I've got the three, four and five. And even though it's a super flex tight end premium league, it's like, that's going to be that pocket where a lot of people are going to want to either come get a quarterback or a wide receiver. Yeah, And I don't need to take three wide receivers. And in this particular league where I have them, part of the reason why I'm drafting so high is because I had Joe Burrow and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I don't need to draft a quarterback either. I just had some injury bad luck in this particular league. So I could agree. I would easily move one of the, or maybe even two of those picks for something better Yep, because I don't need another wide receiver there or another quarterback there. But someone who does might be willing to give me a player that I like in their 25 first. So We'll play that by ear, but I have no problem with that strategy at all. Nope, I love it. Uh, and b- by the way, that's what we call Brock Bowers season in, in that spot you're in. Man, uh, Br- Br- uh, Brock Bowers is going to be uh, – I'm already preparing myself for the hype. It, 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 it is what it is. Um, I think the failure to meet expectations, not that he's been bad, but yep. – I know Kyle exactly Pitts has, has, has not lived up to expectations. Therefore, I think there's going to be a lot more uh, of a moderate approach to I, to Bowers. I, I think there'll be some excitement, but not like that I'm, level. I'm I'm exactly there with you. I'm so curious to see how it works out. Um, I essentially traded the 108 and 105 for Kenneth Walker and Devonta Smith. Good or bad move? Trade Walker. What are your feelings on Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker is... The guy who, if he could put together consistently 15, 16 games, he'd be right there at that RB4-5. But like every year, it's like a, it's a hamstring coming into the season. Then it's an oblique. and then But when he plays, he plays well. It's just inconsistent. I think the trade in and of itself is fine. I think Devonta Smith's going to continue to be a high-end wide receiver two, borderline wide receiver one. Um if it helps your team, and and I, and this is the part about rookie picks, just like you just said, you could be drafting the the, the next Laquan Treadwell or Quentin yeah. Johnston or or whomever. There's no guarantee. I mean, you can listen to all the podcasts, do all the research, do all of the things, and still wind up with a player who doesn't fire. Whereas you already know Devonta Smith and Kenneth Walker are going to produce, provided they're healthy. So I th- I'm yeah. fine with that trade. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, yes. But also, yeah, I would trade Walker. <laughs> um, at our cop seventeen, what are some of the storylines and news you are following? You are all paying attention to this offseason that could impact fantasy football or dynasty. I, I, coaching right now is the easiest. I mean, we've talked about so many of them. Just Qu- quarterback the too. Yeah, yeah. The coaches, Russell Wilson, where he's going to go? Who's going to be the QB in Atlanta? Uh, Justin Fields, where? Who's Where's gonna Kirk Cousins going to go? Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz. Like, yeah. Because I mean, not, only, right now. not only do the quarterbacks get a boost, but all the guys around them, their stock can raise or lower depending on Drake Drake London and Kyle Pitts go way up if they get Kirk Cousins. Yep. It, it may go down if they don't, if they get like a Ryan Tannehill. Or it may stay the same. I, I don't know, but... Um, those are the things that I'm tracking. I, I want to see where the quarterbacks go. 
yeah, there's there's so much. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff right now. Um, and then he asks, favorite or best ride at Disney? Um, I was there. Oh, wait, what was it? What did I say when you went to Disney Rocky? You were like traversing the deserts of Philadelphia or something like I just uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was on like a mission quest or something. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis, you a Disney guy? Uh, uh, I've been one time. The one that sticks out was the uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Oh, God, no. Um, and then um, no, 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 no. He, he would kill me because now he's 16 uh, and a sophomore, junior, whatever, in high school. And uh, my son, when he was real little, we got stuck on It's a Small World. And, like, like it was not moving. Like, something caused the ride to stop mid-ride. Oh, my and God. he had to pee and... and I was the loser in that, so I I, re, I remember those two. Oh my god, that's that's straight up pull your hair out. Oh man, I didn't do it this year, but I went on Tower of Terror like 12, 13 years ago. The last time I went to Disney, I exited the ride and literally sat down next to the garbage cans for like twenty minutes. I'm like, not going to move. Not I didn't. I did not throw up. I just want to point that have out. Have either of you done the Star Wars? I mean, I've not been there yeah. since they've added Star Wars. Is it as cool as it looks? Yes. Um, so they've gotten really, really, really good at rides that are almost in like free flowing carts and 3D glasses. I was They're- just going to say, I didn't have a specific ride. Like I went in the last couple of years, but I've only gone to like maybe four times in the last 20 years, something like that. And I didn't have a specific ride, but that's exactly what I was going to say is my favorite rides are the ones where you go in the carts and it's like you're immersed Yep. In some kind of universe. Like, I think there was a Spider-Man one I, I was on in one of those. It might not have been Disney. It might have been Universal or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, the, the, those are my favorite ones because, it's it. They like you said, they do a really good job with it. it and they'll, they'll add effect. Like, Spider-Man will be on top of something on fire and there will actually be fire in there yes. or something or heat at least. And, and yeah. They, yeah, they do a great job with this. Like, there was a Ratatouille ride where you're running around with Remy and you're, like, under the tables and... You because uh, like in Ratatouille, he ends up in the oven, and of course, like they pump heat in that the right when that happens. Like they've oh, like, and of course, they all get me nauseous. I I get motion sickness <laughs> on carousels at this point in my life, but like it was worth it. Like those were absolutely worth it. Uh, oh man, now I lost my place because I got way too into this. Uh, goal would be to build on my process last season and try to be fluid in balancing value and production. Memphis, how much do you think about production in the non-point scoring season? Like, do you? actually like how hmm like the cmcs the debo samuels the guys that have much more fantasy value than dynasty value are you open to acquiring like going to acquire them at this point in the non-point score like so far away from setting lineups or do you literally just build dynasty value until you get close to lineup time when it comes to veterans like that i'm going i'm i'm like the bargain bin shopper i'm going the next tier down uh, the 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 CMCs and the and the guys like that the Devonte Adams, that's a little too rich for my blood. I like shopping this time of the year with the Keenan Allens, the Mike Evans, the guys in in that tier because all they're going to do. I mean, I was just looking at this Keenan Allen. Uh, I'm going to pull this up because even though he missed like the last three games. He was crushing it. He missed the last four games. He still finished as the wide receiver eight on the season. So if you take out those games, so weeks one through 14, 
he was the wide receiver three, averaging 21.5 points per game. Those are the kind of guys that that I'm going to try to add. Um, nothing wrong with that that next tier up. It's just going to cost you a little bit. So, um, and then, I, like I said, I, I like to look at guys and I like to uh, project a little bit. Hey, who's going to get a, a quarterback upgrade? We mentioned Terry McLaren earlier. You know, if he gets a significant quarterback upgrade, he may actually be able to kind of do what DJ Moore did this year and have a career year. So I'm, I'm looking at guys like, like that as well. I, I love that Memphis mentioned Keenan Allen specifically because on, on last, I believe it was last week's show when you were out, Russ, uh, there was a trade I made where I traded for Keenan Allen uh, in January. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, in, in January. Uh, and, and that's exactly what it was. And that's exactly what I said last week. I knew the second um, the point scoring season was over, he was his value drops immensely. And yep. yeah, I am thinking about production. It was in TA six. And I even said, I'm hoping to take down J Mike next year. I, I was very close this year. I lost in the semis. I would have beat J Mike if I had made the finals. Uh, so uh, I, I, I traded Josh downs for him, which to me is the equivalent of a second round pick. So, yeah. uh, and I was not getting, Keenan Allen likely for Josh Downs in season. So uh, it, it just, I like getting the, the like, like Memphis said, the disc, the cheap discount on these guys, um, especially the super old productive guys. Uh, I, I, I'm not t- as team old guy as many people think I am, but I will make these trades here and there. And I do think about the points um, even this far out, just because you can get them so cheap. It's funny, like people think you're team old guy because I constantly yell at you for not having young wide receivers on my team on your teams that I. Um, yet, isn't that in one of the TA leagues? I have like every not all of them are young, but I have like every wide receiver that you like. Yes, I there's. I can't like remember Calvin Ridley's, <laughs> Devonta Smith, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and well, spoiler alert, or I should say, a nice transition from you saying you were trying to beat J Mike. At J Mike Check is our next question. He says, 2024 non-point scoring season goal. Figure out how to celebrate my trade addicts three three peat like Rick lit wow. Like Rick Flair would. And then we get a champagne and the sunglasses emojis. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Rick Flair said to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Yep. And whether you like it or not, it's the best thing going today. So uh Two claps and a Ric Flair for my man, J. Mike. Always good to hear J. Mike chime in. Yep. And I love it when J. Mike actually comes out with the confidence because he's he's too <laughs> nice for it mostly. Um, and I respect everyone listening to this show too much for me to yell the woo into the microphone right now and just hurt everyone's ears. Um, and then he says, tell us your top three candidates for greatest heel turn for next season. Players who greatly underperform expectations and left you f- extra salty. Now I I'm gonna take go back to wrestling for a second. I haven't watched wrestling since the late '80s, and I have never been more crushed in my life than when Shawn Michaels back kicked Marty Giannetti through the barbershop windows, breaking up the Rockers. Like they were my jam, like they uh, were my, fi- and then just one day it went away fast. I was not expecting to hear the name Marty Janetti on tonight's show, but yeah, but 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 yet yeah, here we are. So so he wants to know who's going to be the 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 person who turns next year or the person who turned this year that's going to turn back. 
next I, year. Someone who's good this year that will be bad next year. Oh, okay. Um, I'm 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 gonna peruse for for just I know, a sec. And Roman in here saying HBK is the goat. I, you know, I, I can't, obviously, I can't, like yes, Shawn Michaels had an amazing career and was great after the Rock, but like I will never forgive him. I I, yes, I got I two candidates. I got two candidates for you. Go for it. Travis Etienne and Rashad White. Okay, so we talk. Can we talk about the fact that Etienne was only good because he was scoring two touchdowns a game? Yeah, he got he got rough. I mean, he scored uh, twenty six PPR points in the 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 last uh, championship game, but before that, it was six and a half, nine, twelve and a half, eighteen, seventeen. I mean. Couple of good, I mean, but it was not very consistent. Whereas the first half of the season, he was on fire. But total points, he stayed healthy. He was the RB two on the season. I mean, like I feel like the obvious answers is like the Genos of this year. Like you know, maybe Baker goes back to being crap next year. You know, like if Tampa Bay brings it, but that that's a little too easy. Um, Kyron Williams. I was just gonna say Kyron. You just stole my guy, Memphis. Nah, I because I I. I mean, okay, so I never saw Kyron Williams being a workhorse, but I believed him like he could be a pass catcher plus. You know, to again, Stack needs to tell me who's good, and I use his phrases to talk about certain players. Um, but like Kyron Williams was a great pass catcher. He just ran a slow forty, and it destroyed his draft capital. I, I go ahead, Rocky. I was just gonna say that's the thing though is that he was a workhorse. Like I, I'm looking, I pulled up his stats while you were talking, and in five, six, seven of his last eight games, including like before his injury, I'm sorry, seven of his last nine, he was at, at 20 carries or more, plus whatever he got in the receiving game, and he averaged over a touchdown a game this season, which I don't necessarily see repeating yeah, either. Yeah, that's, that's pretty up there. He had well, 15 I'm, touchdowns in, I think, uh, 10 games or something like that, or 12 games. That sounds good. But these numbers are awful reminiscent. Now, he didn't put the full season together of Todd Gurley, who also played in this offense. And Sean McVay is a pretty loyal guy. This is something that I've talked about on our show, that when I go to do, like, startups this year, I'll be looking to get those uh, lease car running backs. And what's a lease car running back? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. It's guys like Kyron Williams, Zamir White, Tajay Spears, these guys that are on their rookie deal, I only want them on my dynasty roster for their rookie deal because when they get off their rookie deal, they're likely to be the next Miles Sanders's of the world. But these guys, you're going to get them cheap. It's going to allow you to stack your Superflex roster. Like this year in Superflex, I'm going probably the first five picks, some combination of quarterback, quarterback, running, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Three wide receivers and two quarterbacks to start. Maybe a tight end in there and some tight end premiums, but I'm going to be looking to get more like the Kyron Williams type or try to find the next Kyron Williams. I mean, that's the, yeah, but it's always rough to do that at the beginning of the season. Like that's why, you know, zero RB is what it is because you find guys like that randomly throughout the season. Well, you're, you're, you're going to hear a lot about guys like Tajay Spears and Samir yeah. White this year because both yeah. Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry are free agents. Yep. So the natural one plus two equals, you know, starter in, in Las Vegas. Also, one. can I d- double down on crapping on Brock Purdy? Please. <laughs> no, I mean, that's it. Just like the, he was – I'm not sure. I didn't pull up points per game, but he was QB6 in TA scoring. Uh, which is, I, I never thought, even in total points, he would be QB6. Uh, and I, I kind of think, 
I know he has the weapons, and maybe he can do it again. And, and with Shanahan's system, it's very feasible he could do it again. But I still yeah. think it's not QB6 do it again. Yeah, and also don't forget about the amount of QB injuries we had. Like, he could have a good season next year, but not be ranked as highly. Same thing with, like, Jordan Love. Um, and Joku is one I worry about because I, I've always liked him. And he did pretty well, like, the second half of last year also. But, like, it clicked this year, and it, I'm worried that it won't. If you look at his three biggest scoring games of the season, they all come in week 15, 16, 17 with Joe Flacco. Yep. And Joe Flacco has always been a QB that hyper targets the tight end. Yep. Kind, not the same style of quarterback, but like in the same way, Kyler Murray, he loves the tight end position. He force fed Zach Ertz. It was very logical that he came in and fed Trey McBride. It yep. just, it just makes sense. So that, that, I agree with you. That's that's my concern with Njoku is what happens when it's Deshaun Watson again in 2024. But yeah. I did sort uh, QBs by by points per game after I said that, and it was I actually just as Memphis was saying it, I thought it was hilarious to see that Joe Flacco was the QB three in points per game in an offense where Deshaun Watson was not doing that well when he was in there. Um, he won me a championship. Not gonna, yeah, not going to be sad about it. My house just made a really weird noise. It freaked me out. Um, at Roto Heat, Craig, would you rather fight a moose or 11 emperor penguins? I, I don't know the difference between an emperor penguin and a regular penguin, but I know they're not as big as a moose, and a moose has a chandelier on its head. It, so I'm I'm not fighting the 2,000-plus-pound the animal with a set of razor wire for uh, a crown. It, it is the tallest and heaviest of all penguin species, reaching uh, 100 centimeters in length, which I have no idea how much that is. 39 um, inches and could weigh up to 49 to 99 pounds. Yeah, I see. So, yeah, like, in the height of this, you know, one versus 100 animal thing, too many people started talking about it. And it always came down to usually picking the small amount. Now, 11 isn't that big because it's not like 100 penguins. It's only 11. So I think I would take the 11 penguins also. But like if it were 100, I would probably take my chances with the moose. I would agree with that. Yeah, I I think I could take on 11 penguins. Like like, uh, Memphis said, the... The antlers are definitely a deterrent as well. That that would uh, that would be tough to go against. The average moose per Wikipedia weighs between eight hundred and fifty and fifteen hundred pounds. That's rough. I ain't taking on a moose. Yeah, I can drop kick a couple of penguins. But... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do either of those. Let me just put that out there. I I we at the Trade Addicts podcast do not condone fighting animals. Um, moving on. Ascending Descent. Hell yeah, Memphis. Uh, he convinced me to like Jaden Reeves. Smart man. Um, what traits do you look for in rookie wide receivers? There are a few college tropes. Ohio State is a wide receiver factory. Iowa makes the tight ends, the tightest ends. Are there any of these tropes that you all agree or disagree with? The, the one for me is the big body outside clasher is a thing of the past. I think Des Bryant style. Yeah is a thing of the past. I think we're looking, if if you're looking for more of that modern archetype, you're looking at C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. You're looking at those guys that can, Cooper Cup to a degree, guys who can line up on the outside, who can line up on the inside, who can go in motion. Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill may be the, the both the fastest and the quickest wide receiver 
I've ever seen. Quick as it mean like he can like get open suddenly, but like his acceleration is just next level. I'm I'm looking good route runners. Um, but yep. but being six foot three and two hundred and fifteen pounds does not mean what it used to mean to me. The last thing Memphis said is the biggest thing for me is the route running. Uh you can be you can be you don't have to be super fast. If you can if you can run routes, you can get open and you can catch balls. Like Cooper Cup is not super fast, but he's a good route runner. Like there's all kinds of guys like that that you see. Keenan Allen is not fast. Nope. Um good route runner. So DeAndre it, Hopkins. Yes, it's just there's and you don't even necessarily even have to be like super big either. Just uh, to me, route running is one of the most important things. I mean, getting open is the name of the game, and that's what route running does for you. Yeah. If if I had to, if I had to say like the 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 perfect it would be somewhere around six foot, hundred and ninety pounds between a four four and a four five in speed, good agility metrics, and a quarterback who can actually throw the ball with anticipation. Yeah, that because that, that's, that's why Cooper. Yeah, that's, that's why great. Cooper Cup so good. Yeah, it's Matthew Stafford puts the ball where he knows he's going to be because. He trusts Cooper Cup to run that route, and Cooper Cup runs that route because he trusts Matt Stafford to put the ball. Yep. Where, where I struggle with quarterbacks is that see it, throw it, quarterback, and there's a, there, there's a lot there's a lot of those. So um, those would be the things that I would look for, at least as my QB, as my wide receiver one. Yeah, like the small, like everything they said is right, but the the one thing that really I'm a sucker for is body control on the sideline. That's what made me fall in love with T Higgins. Like I randomly caught a couple of Clemson games his last year or two. And he just made some of these catches where he was like pirouetting in the air, his, his torsos in one direction, his feet parallel to the lines, his toes tap in college, got both toes down. Like it was just some of the, like the best body control on the sidelines I've ever seen. And, you know, of course slants and screens and everything are, you know, throwing people in open space is the name of the game now, but like you're not going to run away from back shoulder fades. There's not going to like, there's always going to be quick out routes. And like, to me, having a big bodied wide receiver that can do that kind of body movement to me is like chef's kiss. And to me, that that's what made me fall in love with T Higgins. Uh, where was I? There's so many of these questions. Um, oh, college tropes, um, man. The one thing that really worries me, USC quarterbacks. That one scares me. Like, we have to go back to, like, sorry, Sam Darnold, but we have to go back to, what, like, Carson Palmer? Yeah, uh, but but they said the same thing about Ohio State, and here we are with C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to – I I, I, know I have less of a problem with Caleb Williams than I do with the term generational. That means nothing anymore. Yeah, it's 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 just uh, the the hyperbolic thing that we throw on a guy. I think Caleb's really good. I think he's the best quarterback prospect we've had since Trevor Lawrence, who was the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Um, I'm not really to label any of them good or bad or generational, but yeah, that's that's the big thing for me is I try to uh, avoid that the, the hyperbole this time of year. And I will give any workhorse Wisconsin running back a shot. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and, and you want to fade TCU wide receivers? It's the Jalen Rager, Quentin Johnston corollary. Baylor wide receivers. Even Baylor wide receivers. Yeah, big Big Twelve. I guess CD Lamb was Big Twelve, but Texas, big, Texas 
Big 12 wide receivers. There you go. Uh, at FF Tommy B for Memphis, what is your favorite good people bad tweet? Oh man, there's there's been so many, and that that's a segment for those that don't know. That's a segment we do on the show. So um, our listeners, um, our patrons, sometimes I find them. It's just somebody who tweets something that's like it's a bad tweet, and we've all seen those tweets. It's like that's a bad tweet. <laughs> so, so so we just put it on the show. And and we call it good people, bad tweets, and then we close the segment with a, a sound drop from Dana White, UFC president Dana White. And uh but we call it good people because I truly believe the fantasy space is full of some of the nicest, most genuine people in the world. But even and sometimes you do good people good tweets. It's not always bad tweets. As as far as one, I I, I could not there's been some doozies. Uh there was a, an analyst that had Jamar Chase like eighth in that rookie class that year. That's and, just and, trying. And, to and, be, yes. And, yeah, and, and stood on it. So, um, yeah, just, uh, tune into the dynasty war zone every, uh, Thursday for the remainder of the off season. Uh, I guess the NFL playoff season, we get into February. We'll be back to live on Sunday nights, but, um, yeah, uh, the next, how about this? I'll, I'll end it on this. The best good people, bad tweets is the next one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that. And then Frank throwing it in my face, Josh Doxon, also a TCU. Uh, yep. See, I forgot about Doxon. Trust me. Who was um, the Corey, Not Corey Davis. Corey Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. That was Baylor. Yeah. That yeah. Was. They I drafted a lot draft, of right? there. Same yeah. draft. Yeah. Right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Also, with uh, I was going to do Russ. Yeah. We're going to move on. Uh, for Russ, do turtleneck sweaters make you feel smarter? Strangled by a weak foe? Both. All I know is Archer has taught me that they're very good for spy missions. They're very tactical. Um, glasses make me feel smarter. <laughs> I don't. These don't actually have any prescription in them. Um, they're just for show. I've been doing that since I was eight to try and feel smarter. <laughs> That's not true. Um, for Rocky, if you had to try an entirely new food, what would it be? I, I, I just, I, I almost never look at the show sheet ahead of time anymore. So I just saw this question like 10 minutes ago. Um, I don't know for sure. Memphis doesn't know. I, I don't know if Memphis listens every week. I have the worst food takes and worst palate on the face of the earth. Um, he eats like a child. I've seen yes, that. basically. Um, I know something I did try in the last couple of years that I was surprised and actually really like, which is, um, which was an entirely new food for me, which was jambalaya. Um, yeah, that my wife makes, uh, you know, so with the, I don't really like rice, but it's obviously rice and it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard <laughs> chicken and shrimp. And we knew she started putting this, uh, certain kind of sausage in it recently, and which Dewey. I really like, uh, so that's when I've tried like the, probably the most recent thing as an adult that I never ate before. And I tried it and I liked it and I, we eat it all the time now for dinner. Uh, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Like if I had to try an entirely new food, what would it be? Um, And honestly, I I have tried a lot of foods. It's not that I absolutely, I'm not like a 12 year old in the sense I won't try anything. I just don't like anything. So uh, I don't know. Give me some recommendations. Maybe I'll try something I've never tried before. I don't know. All right. Last question we got at Buffered 9442. In Superflex, is it a mistake to make Marvin Harrison Jr. to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at the 101 over all the quarterbacks. 
He has more, but let's start with that one. I don't think that, honestly, like, I think we live in a world where there are no mistakes. You take who yeah. you want. Um, Every roster is different. One, they already, like, they have been talking that they want Marvin Harrison Jr. at the 101. And I'm like, all right, I'm sure anybody would be thrilled to get Caleb at two. And then they just reply, they'd be thrilled to get Marvin Harrison Jr. at two. And I'm like, fair. <laughs> I mean, if every, everybody's happy, but it's like, uh, we were just talking about that team that, that I have all those first. I have Anthony Richardson and Joe Burrow. I, I wouldn't need Caleb Williams in that scenario. So there's nothing wrong with going to get Marvin Harrison there. I, I I somewhat agree with that. I still think I would I would want to take the quarterback at the 101 or trade back. Maybe you can find the GM who's got like three. Maybe you're you're super high on Harrison, but you like neighbors and Adunze, and you're happy to get any of them. So if you can trade back to say three or four and pick up additional assets or capital along the way, I'm I'm totally good with that move too. That's the that's the one thing about getting the 101 is it's got a ton of value, especially when you have like last year it was Bijan Robinson as a prospect. This year it's Caleb Williams. A couple of years ago it was Trevor Lawrence. There's always going to be that one. And this year we actually have uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at the wide receiver position. So do your thing. Yeah, yeah and I, I was just going to say, I, th- I mean, if he pans out to be like Justin Jefferson level good, then, then it's fine taking him at the 101. Otherwise, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not big on paying up for quarterbacks, but I do subscribe to taking them in the rookie draft because they do hold value for a long time. You could, you could get a first for friggin' Zach Wilson for like a year and a half. Uh, so, uh, and, and if the guy is good, you can get a ton for him, even if you don't need a quarterback. So, uh, which uh, that can happen at wide receiver, but th- th- they'd often don't bust out right out of the gate, even if they're, they are really good. Uh, if they end up really good, some of them do, but, uh, even some of the, the really good, like even Justin Jefferson took a little while to get going that rookie year, uh, and some guys don't have great rookie years and then turn into amazing wide receivers like Devontae Adams. So uh, I just would rather have the quarterback and, or, or like I said, more preferably if I can even trade back like to two or three and then take Harrison and just get anything on top of the 101. Uh, I mean, on top of the 102 or 103 for the 101. Yeah. I mean, Rocky's answer is my answer too. It's like it, me personally, I draft for value you know, trade for need and trade for what you want. Um, but that's me. That, that like that's how I play. I don't no one should play how I play, no less. No one should have to play how I play. Um so absolutely you want Marvin Harrison, you take you take Marvin Harrison, you should take one oh one. Like there's don't overthink it. I, mean, I agree with that too. If that's fun for you, just go ahead and do it. Like yeah. it's not the end of the world if if uh, you know if Kayla Williams is, is and ends up being worth more than Marvin Harrison. You didn't make a bad pick if you take Marvin Harrison Jr. That's really yeah. what it also yes. comes down to. It is not a bad pick. That is a very good way to phrase it. Um, also has the 104 and 105, but very torn on who to take at the 101. Well, you're going to get some good wide receivers. That you are, and maybe Brock Bowers if there's tight end premium. Yeah, you got to ask yourself: Do you want Caleb Williams and like Roma Dunze, or do you want Marvin Harrison Jr. and Drake May? Because you can, you can, you can probably have both, or or maybe it's Jaden Reed or something like that. But you you take the four and five trade up to get like the two and a second, 
and then you just take Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and what I do is I don't make any of those trades until we get to the draft day. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah, you don't be, be, because don't get in a hurry because right now we just know names and we start stack ranking the names. But once they start get drafted to, to certain positions, and let's just be honest, some positions are going to be and some teams are going to be considered a better landing spot than others. And that's going to inflate value of certain picks. You're in a great position with the one, four, and five. So uh, yeah. you're not setting a lineup for about 10 months. So just be cool. Yeah, absolutely. You you have a position of power having those three picks. Ride it out because it's only to get more valuable. Uh, non-point scoring season goal is to try a new slash outside the box roster building strategy in one of my leagues. I did that like two years ago where I just started getting running backs and trade addicts three. And I think it's going to start biting me in the ass soon, though. I do have like DK and Chris Olave. So I feel okay about my situation, but like I have like Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. So like, I feel like I'm half my team's going to get screwed pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's the end of our show sheet. So that's going to be the end of our show. Thank you, Memphis, for coming on. It is always wonderful to speak to you as always with you, not to you because you you were here also doing some talking. But before we head out of here, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Uh, you can find me at Dynasty Warzone. Just search it on Apple or YouTube. We have our own channel. And then we simulcast, or I guess uh, you can find it in both places at Player Profiler. Um, subscribe to both channels because we'll be—I'll be doing additional stuff this year. I'll be doing some more rookie stuff for the Player Profiler group. Uh, they're trying to talk me into doing rankings. I've, I've kind of already done them, so we'll we'll have some some Memphis rankings on a site officially. It's been about five years. The last time I had rankings on a site, it was our friends over at the Dynasty Happy Hour with Tyler and and the crew, but. Um, yeah, just at DWZ Memphis, I do a terrible job of retweeting my own stuff, but I do a great job of retweeting others. So uh, just follow along, and uh, we'll talk Dynasty all offseason. There you go. And what do we do? Patreon.com slash Trade Addicts Pod. You can hang out with us while we record. See not only my and Rocky's beautiful faces, but the beautiful, beautiful man sitting on below us on the screen. I can't call you Randy. It's just weird. You're Memphis to me. You will always be Memphis. You get to see this beautiful man's face and, you know, make fun of Rocky talking about Brock Purdy. Um, Whatever you want to do while we're in here. Also, we have our Cool Kids Club on Discord. Um, And as always, as I'm ending all of these shows, fantasycares.org is what everything is all about right now. Um, I think we just filled up the playoff league, so I can't even go pimping that out right now. I know we still have uh, our uh, football guys championship uh, uh, campaign going where you select a player who helped you win your championship and it'll get donated to that player's charity and football football guys will match. I believe it was up to $10,000. So go check that out. Um, and or just donate to fantasycares.org or anyone in general like we just got all of our payouts if it's not in your league just throw some of your fun money to someone who needs it that's that's really the idea behind fantasy cares in general if it's us that's awesome if it's not just give it to someone a cause that means something to you um and i am like falling asleep while talking so i'm just gonna say good night everybody
Good night, Russ. Thank, Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast. A proud member in the Dicey Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Attic Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.